Well, good morning. Thank you for, for joining in with us today. It's just a, a great opportunity for us as a church family uh, to be together in worship. Uh, thank you. Thankful for, for Nathan and Robert and the job they do in leading us in worship each week. And I want to take some time uh, just to update you about our church's plan uh, to resume in-person worship services. You should have received an email uh, this week from the church. If you did not, be sure to contact us in the church office to be sure we have the correct email address for you so that we can let you know of things happening in the life of our church. But we'll be back in person uh, on campus for services Saturday, August 15th and Sunday, August the 16th. That evening on Saturday and morning, uh, Pastor Jeff will be starting a new series looking at the life of Ruth and the transformational role she played in the lives of those around her and what God did in and through her and her stories. We continue this year looking at God's story and our story and how his story of redemption plays into our lives and how our story uh, can be a testimony to those around us. So we are very excited about that. Uh, Thankful for those of you that have already replied back to the survey and have let us know uh, that you want to help and serve as a greeter or you're going to be bringing your kids to childcare. That's very helpful uh, for us to know who is going to be here and how many so we can uh, plan and prepare and have a safe, healthy environment to enjoy worship and time in God's word uh, together in. There will be childcare uh, for birth through four years old. During that, we know that some of our young families have been craving that opportunity to spend time together with their church family in person in worship. And so we've created a plan and a way uh, to do that. And so be looking for information from Kathy and Joni about that for birth through four years old for childcare at those services. Uh, This morning, we're gonna continue our series, looking at your story at work and how does God's story of transformation in your life uh, help you in the workplace, in your work, in your volunteer, and your involvement settings in our community and in your lives, maybe in your neighborhood you're involved in a group or at a local school you're volunteering, or you're full-time or part-time working out in the workplace. Could be a secular job. Uh, For me, in my perspective, it's a little different because uh, my work history uh, is very, uh, very religious. Uh, I have spent uh, basically all of my employment uh, time working either at a Christian university uh, when I was a student at Baylor, uh, working maybe in that in that job with just a few non-Christians, or then obviously working uh, in church settings, either as an intern, as a part-time staff member, or now for the last 12 years plus now in two different churches as a full-time staff member. And so while some of you uh, may have some very great examples of times when you've been working with people who are not believers and you have tried uh, to earn a voice with them, and share the gospel with them, share God's story of how he's transformed your life uh, with those people that you work with, I haven't had that opportunity as often as maybe you have. And so I'm helping myself even answer some questions that I have about what would my work look like uh, in an environment outside of a local church, in, in the secular workplace, in the world, And so I'm learning with you this week, learning with you today about what God's word says to us about that question that we may all have. When we work among unbelievers, when we work among skeptics, when we work with doubters, we work with people who are maybe atheists, even don't even believe that God exists, or maybe at best they're antagonistic about his existence and his role in our daily lives. Uh, they maybe they're doubting uh, that Christ really did die for them, really did raise again like his word says, or maybe they're just pure unbelievers. They've heard the truth and they just don't want to accept it. They don't want to confess their sin and their need for a savior. And so you're working with these people 
in your workplaces, at your schools, in your neighborhoods, you're around them sometimes on a daily basis uh, for several hours a day, eight to 10 hours a day even. And so you spend a lot of time with these people and you may have the same question I have. How can I, how can we as Christians in 2020, uh, when the world around us, even our own country, even our own state and area are becoming increasingly godless and increasingly uh, shifting away from a biblical worldview, how can you and I earn a voice uh, to share God's story? Uh, How can you earn a voice to share your story of transformation with those people that you work with? And I think that Paul provides us some answers in two places, in two different letters, uh, one to the Ephesians and one to the Colossians that address, uh, I see, five different things that you and I need to understand to where we can get to the place where we'll know that we've earned a voice. And then the application is simple from that. Once we reach that point where we know we've earned a voice with those around us, what do we do with that privilege? What do we do with that opportunity? Uh, And the answer, the application for us today is very simple. So as we seek to answer this question, how do you and I, how can we earn a voice to share God's story, to share our story? We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3. Now, I do need to provide two caveats that are very important uh, for our discussion in Scripture today. Uh, one, we have to remember what Jeff, Pastor Jeff has said in the previous messages in this series about work. Uh, work is not a curse. Uh, we learned the first week in this series that Adam was tasked with work before the fall. God gave him that responsibility. God gave him work to do. God gave him a task to accomplish before the fall. Uh, So our work is not a result of the fall. It's not a curse of sin on us. It's something that's necessary. It's something that adds value to our world and helps us share God's story and live out our own story of faith today in 2020. And so keep that in mind as we look at these verses. And then also in both of these verses, you will hear Paul refer to slavery. Now, obviously in, in this time in our country's life, Uh, And what we've seen happen over the past few months uh, socially in our world, this is something that that the church has been been asked, been tasked, been challenged uh, to address head on. And so when you go to a biblical passage that refers to slaves and masters, and we'll look at both uh, perspectives this week and then the remaining verses that we don't look at in this section today, Pastor Jeff will be looking at next week. But just, I just want to say this about what Paul is writing about and who he's writing to in these audiences and what this means for us so that we can then put that on the side and really hear what what Paul has to say, uh, what God wants to say to us through Paul uh, today as we're looking at this passage. Uh, Keep in mind, Paul is writing in a Roman cultural context that would have been full of the unrighteous institution of slavery. This institution as we know it uh, would not have been able to, what we know as, as slavery in the, in the South and in the United States in the 1800s uh, and, and just before and after the Civil War, what's referred to antebellum, what we would know and what we're talking about contextually today in slavery, many facets of that were condemned explicitly in God's word. Uh, Exodus 21.16 says, don't kidnap or sell human beings, just flat out, don't do that. Exodus 21, 26, and 27 says, don't abuse slaves. And then Deuteronomy 23, 15, and 16 says, fugitive slaves are not to be returned to their masters. 
So you see three very clear things that were happening in what we know and what we would refer to as modern day slavery. And yet scripture hundreds to thousands of years ago condemned those very things that are happening. And so we can see a very clear delineation than what Paul is talking about. Workers and bosses, those that are in positions of authority over you, you may, be the, you may be the boss. You may be the one that's in the position of authority. So how can people in these two roles in work in 2020, how can they work together today? How can you work to earn a voice with those around you, to earn a voice, to share God's story, uh, to share the story of transformation that God has done in your life through the person of Jesus Christ? So I want to read first Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. If you'll read along with me, if you've got your Bible or got a phone app open and reading the Bible, you can turn there now. Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse five. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, This he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Masters do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who who is both their master and yours in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. And I read through verse nine there, Pastor Jeff will be including that um, in his sermon next week. So today we're gonna look at verses five through eight of Ephesians chapter six. And we're gonna see two things uh, from those four verses that are, that are things that steps that we can take and things that we need to know that we can reach the place where we've earned a voice with those that we work with. And the first one uh, comes in verse six. Paul is telling us that, that our work, the work that we do will not go unnoticed. Our work does not go unnoticed. You may be working a job right now and you may be putting your very best effort into it. You may be accomplishing everything that's asked of you, all the tasks, all the boxes are being checked and you're doing all of the right things and you're doing all of them in the right way. And you're still maybe not getting that recognition, that approval, that promotion, that raise, whatever it is that you desire, that next step or that bigger project or that bigger area of responsibility in your job. Just know this, that your work, what you do, and how you do it does not go, go, go unnoticed. Our heavenly father is watching us and looking and seeing not just what we do, but how we do it. Paul writes in verse six, we would not do our work by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Know that God has placed you in your place of employment, in your role, in your neighborhood, in your school, wherever it is that you're asked to do work, God has placed you there for a season and God's placed you there for a reason. And he wants to use you in that place to be an example, to be a witness, to be a a, a person that would live out his story and share his story of redemption with those around you. And so as you're working, work your hardest, do your best, Put the effort in, do the work, but know that you're not just doing it to please a boss, to please a supervisor, to impress a coworker. Know that you're not just doing it for them, but you're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it as a servant of Christ. You're doing the will of God from the heart. You're doing what he's called you to do and what he's placed you to do. And then the second thing that we see for this is that we, we ought to have a perspective that we work 
for the unseen employer. Yes, we may have a boss. Uh, Yes, accountability-wise, I report to Pastor Jeff. Yes, accountability-wise, people report to me. Yes, accountability-wise, you may have people that report to you or you may report to someone. Those of you that are in school right now, you're accountable to a teacher. Uh, Those of you that are working around the house, maybe you're a teenager or a child and you've got responsibilities around your house, you're accountable to your parent or your guardian. You're all, all of us are accountable to somebody with our work. But if we don't have the perspective that we're working for the unseen employer, we're working for our heavenly father in all that we do. Verse eight says, knowing whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Know that no matter what you get or don't get in return for the work that you provide for someone in this world, God is watching that. God is watching what you do God is watching how you do it. Uh, and God is, is, is looking for you to do things in, in, in his world that would show other people who Christ is and, and what he's done for you and how you work is one way that you can do that. The kind of effort that you put forth, the way that you respond to people, the way that you respond to situations in your work, the manner in which you, you come before those that work for you or those that, that you work for, uh, even just the language you use, the kind of, of, of jokes you uh, laugh at or are a part of, all of those things come into play as God is watching you work and know that you are ultimately accountable to him. And so first in this, these four verses in Ephesians, we see first that our work does not go, go unnoticed. We also see that we work for the unseen employer. And then a similar passage uh, in, in Paul's letter to the Colossians, starting in, in chapter three, verse 22, Paul says this, slaves, obey in everything those who were your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, same language as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. In verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. So we see three more things in these verses that I think are important for us to understand about getting to a place where we've earned a voice, getting to a place where we don't just come and sit down in someone's office and say, let me share the gospel with you. But you get to a place where, where someone truly wants to know what it is that you know about Christ and what it is that makes you different. And so as we, as we start to see these things, now we get into a, a, a more, I think, a more spiritual application of what Paul is trying to say. The first thing that I think is of, of utmost importance is for us to remain faithful. Paul says in verse 22, obey in everything. Now there's one caveat to that. If, if your boss, your employer asks you to do something that goes against what scripture teaches, Certainly, that's an opportunity for you to step away from that and not obey. But knowing you, knowing many believers that we have in our church, that the types of people that you work with and work for, you know, I'm pretty confident that's gonna be a pretty rare occasion. So I can feel pretty confident in saying to you, regardless of your age and your work situation and what you're doing, whether it's a paid job, a volunteer job, whether you're a student, you've got schoolwork, that you need to obey in everything. You need to be faithful. You need to remain faithful. That's the challenge, the takeaway that I take away from, from verse 22. And uh, a couple of years ago, 
I had an opportunity to go with some people from our church to the International Mission Board training facility uh, outside of Richmond, Virginia. And we spent some time there uh, learning about uh, the different things that missionaries go through. We, we went through in a few days what they'll go through in, in several months, several weeks of training before they go into the field. And I was sitting in a a room with a group of, of mission uh, committee leaders, missions pastors, senior pastors, associate pastors uh, from Southern Baptist churches all over the country, uh, learning about uh, what it is that, that churches can do to equip, to train, to raise up a new generation of missionaries. And a man gave a talk and he, he started the talk with asking us the question, what's the most important thing a missionary can do? And of course the, the answers came up, pray, read their Bible, uh, share the gospel, you know, learn their testimony, all these different things. But, but he went on to spend the next hour talking about the importance for our missionaries to remain faithful and obedient to God. And, and I walked away from that thinking that that's a very simple thing that, that all of us as believers ought to implement, whether we're called overseas, whether we're called across the street, whether we're called across the hallway, whatever it might be, that when God calls us out, that we would remain faithful and obedient in that calling. And that's what Paul's writing here. Obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Knowing that when you're, when you're doing that, when you're remaining faithful and obedient, you're working for that unseen employer. You've understood that your work does not go unnoticed as we looked at in the Ephesians chapter. And not only that, but we ought to strive not just to remain faithful, but that our motivation would be spiritual. You ought to let your motivation be spiritual. Verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You know, there, there are times and places in our life where it's certainly appropriate in our work careers uh, to ask uh, or at least express a need that we maybe need a raise or, or we maybe need more hours or we maybe need a different schedule. We may need something in return for the extra work or the extra success that we've had in our jobs. But, but the reality is that our baseline, our foundation for our work ought to be spiritual motivation. We ought to see our work as something we're doing for the Lord first and then where do things fall uh, with man and with our boss and with those that are leading us and those we are leading. And so Paul is challenging us here in verse 23, let your motivation, make your motivation be spiritual. Work heartily, do it well, but do it for the Lord. Do it for your heavenly father. Do it for the one that created you and instilled in you the, the ability, the passion, the gifts, the opportunity to do what it is that, that he's called you and placed you to do. And the last thing in verse 24, we ought to strive to produce excellence. In everything that we do, we ought to strive to produce excellence. Verse 24 says, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Well, is, is someone who doesn't produce excellence worthy of a reward? You know, you're working with someone right now who's not uh, producing at the same level that you are or not, maybe they're doing the right thing, but they're not doing them in the right way or they're not doing the right things at all. And, and you are, and you know, they get that promotion or they get that bigger opportunity or that next challenge or that next step uh, to, to working their way up into the company or the business or, or, or they get the big job, the big contract, the big case, whatever it might be. And you're sitting there thinking, where's my reward? But if you have that perspective, that spiritual motivation, if you have that faithfulness, you can know that you can continually 
produce excellence. Continually to do the, continue to do the right things in the right way. And the Lord will see that. And the Lord will reward that. And so as you think about these, these two passages and the way that we as, as workers ought to relate to bosses and even bosses relating to workers, and we'll finish uh, the sections of these two scripture uh, passages next week with Pastor Jeff's last sermon on this series about working and look specifically at, at some other roles for workers and those who are in charge. But as we think about our role today, and you think about the fact that our work does not go unnoticed, you think about the fact that we, we, we ought to see that we work for the unseen employer. Spiritually, we need to remain faithful. We need to be obedient. We need to let our motivation be spiritual. And we ought to strive to produce excellence. As we start to do and, and realize and live and work in those five areas, we have to realize that, that, that you may have a boss, but ultimately you're working for the Lord. Whatever it is that you're doing, you, you, you will have a boss as a volunteer, as a student, as a worker, all the different areas of your life, all the different roles that, that, that those that are watching and those that are engaged with us and FBC Conroe today, all the roles that we have, somebody's in charge. Somebody on earth is in charge of us. But more importantly, of utmost importance, we are working for the Lord. And so as you, as you begin to realize and you begin to see and you begin to work in the reality that your work does not go unnoticed, you begin to, to, to see the value of, of working and, and doing your work for the unseen employer, for your heavenly father, as you continue to remain faithful, as you let your motivation be spiritual, as you produce excellence, you'll begin to earn that voice. See, what will happen is your coworkers, they'll see that. They'll see that you respond differently when things are tough at work. They'll see that you respond differently when someone that you work for, or you work with, treats you wrongly. You'll see that, they'll see that you respond to certain situations with just a different spirit. They'll see the joy that's in your life. And they'll want to know. Maybe they'll come to you uh, for prayer one day. They'll know that something's different about you and they'll, they'll have something going on in their life and they'll, they'll, they'll come to you for prayer. Or, or maybe they'll come to you with a spiritual question. You know, like happened to me where someone asked me about their child being baptized and how I knew that, that my son Tate was, was, was ready to talk about trusting Jesus as his savior. They'll want to have that conversation with you. Maybe they'll start to ask you about your own personal faith and that will open the door for you to share your story, to share God's story. Or, or maybe they won't actively come to you for any of that, but they'll, they'll know. They'll see something that's different about you. They'll see the way that you treat work differently and you will have earned a voice with them, maybe without even knowing it. But then one day you're going to sit down with them and you'll be able to have that conversation and you'll start talking and they'll listen. They won't tune you out. They won't, they won't reject the opportunity that you put in front of them to talk about the gospel, to talk about God's story and take just a few minutes to talk about how God created the earth and how God made it good and man fell, man sinned, man messed up God's creation, put, put distance, put enmity between God's creation and him. And God sent his son to redeem that creation, to redeem mankind. God sent his son to die for them. And you can take just two, three minutes to share that story very quickly all through scripture. God created the earth. God created man. We fell. We sinned. We separated. We were separated from God. And God sent Jesus to be the bridge of that separation. 
And you'll have that opportunity to share that. Or maybe you'll be able to share personally what it is that God has done in your life. A time in your life when you were, we were dead in sin and God awakened your heart as an eight-year-old, as an 18-year-old, as a 38-year-old, or just last week or just last year. And God awakened your heart to who Jesus is and, and what he did for you on the cross. And you'll have that opportunity to share that with them because you've earned that voice. And you'll know when you get that opportunity to share faith with them. But maybe, maybe perhaps you haven't experienced that transformation in your life personally. Maybe when you do earn that voice, you don't have a story to tell. Maybe you're sitting in your living room or your office and you're watching this and you're wondering when that time comes, what would I share? I know that God loves me. I know that God created me in his image. I know that God sent his son to die for me, but I've never stepped into that reality personally. Maybe today before we close our time together in worship or maybe this afternoon, you need to send me an email, alan, A-L-A-N at fbcconroe.org or send us a message on the church's Facebook page. Just let us know. You, you wanna talk with one of our ministers about knowing Jesus Christ as your savior, about walking into that story of transformation and realizing that. I wanna pray for you and I wanna pray for those that are watching that God uh, would lead us to a place where we would see that our work is unnoticed, that we work for the unseen employer, that God would help us to be faithful and to be motivated, our motivation to be spiritual for us to produce excellence, all with the goal, all with the hope of letting others around us in our places of work, places of employment, places of involvement, uh, want to know God's story. And we would be in a position to share that story with them. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the, the time we've spent together today in your word. I thank you for the way that this series is, is helping shape uh, the thoughts of those of us who work in different roles, paid or, or volunteer, those that are students and the work that we do and how it can, can be used for your glory uh, to share your story. And so I pray for, for, for each one of us today, those that, that are listening, that know Jesus Christ as their savior, that we would look for ways to be faithful, to produce excellence, to be motivated spiritually in our work, to, be, to see you as our, our, our ultimate boss and our ultimate authority and that we would work to please you and that others around us that work around us would see that and they would want to come to us with their prayer needs, with their questions about faith, that you would give us a voice as believers, as men and women, as individuals, as families, as students, all the different roles that we're in with biblical worldview to begin to share truth of your story in the world today, begin to share the, the, the truth of our story. And I pray for those that may be, may be listening, watching with us today that don't know Jesus as their Savior, and that desperately uh, need a story to tell, and that you would start writing that story in their hearts today, that you would uh, reach out into their lives, speak to them uh, in a holy and a supernatural way today, and reveal to them their need for forgiveness of sin and their need to trust Jesus as their savior. And then help us as a church family to follow through and leading and guiding and directing those that are new in their faith and, and growing and discipling them and investing our time in those around us. And so most of all, just use us in all that we do, work, school, volunteer roles. Use us for your glory. Use us to share your story of who Jesus is in the world today. Let me pray in his name, amen.